Sunday, February 18th, Rabbi West, Halachas of Pesach. The question is, how do we, what's, 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 what's included in the Isser of Chametz, and how do we avoid and prevent ourselves from for, for, for transgressing anything to do with Chametz? So the Rambam writes, he brings down, that there's no less than the six different loisa says in the Torah on the Isra on Chametz. Six, no less than six things associated with Chametz. The Rambam says a person can't, it's not allowed to eat Chametz. A person, we know a person can't benefit, have any benefit from Chametz. Not only can a person eat or benefit from Chametz, there's a, there's a special uh, halacha which says a person cannot have any Chametz in his possession during Pesach. So not only is eating Chametz forbidden and prohibited, but it's also a person can't even have any Chametz in his possession during Pesach. And there's two, two, two things in the Torah. It says don't, don't find, don't see any Chametz in your house. And don't don't find any chametz in the house. Shouldn't be found. Shouldn't be seen. No chametz should be seen and found in the house during Pesach. So the question is: So how do we avoid? How do we get out of these? How do we? You know, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to to to, to fall into any of these 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 isurim. So how do we avoid chametz during Pesach? So really, the Torah already. The Chachamim already gave us safeguards to prevent us from 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 having uh, being over and falling into the Isra of Chametz. There's something called there's two things that, that the Chachamim instituted, which for the most part takes care of most of our problems of Chametz. The first one is called Bittel. The Chachamim said that a person should be mevatel his Chametz. Bittel means in English means to nullify a Chametz. Person should nullify his chametz, just say that it's it's worthless, it's like dust, and to me it has no value and it has no worth. I mean, by doing that to your chametz, a person doesn't fulfill, does doesn't has hasn't done anything wrong. Although chametz is in his house and in his possession, but since the chametz by him is not worth anything, it has no value by him. A person will not be over on the iser midiraisa of lo yirav Although a person cannot have chametz in his house minatayr during Pesach. But if he's mevatel it and he nullifies it, he's, he's taking care of his obligation. However, we know there's something called b'dikas chametz. Besides for besides for mevatel chametz, besides for nullifying the chametz, we know the night before Pesach everyone does b'dikas chametz. They check everyone checks their house with a candle and goes around to all the corners and all different parts of the house to make sure there's no chametz there. So what's the point of that? If a person already was person every person is going to be mevatel his chametz, going to nullify his chametz, and he's not going to be transgress any Isurim by nullifying his Chametz, so why does he have to go check for Chametz? So that's a question which is discussed in the Rishonim, and, and what the answer given is because we're scared that a person, even though he nullified his Chametz, but he's going to, during Pesach, he may have a good piece of cake, which is stuck away in the freezer, and while he's opening his freezer to take out his uh, Pesach thick uh, potato kugel, what's going to happen, he's going to find a piece of cake there. And you know, in the heat of the moment, he may get carried away, and may take a bite into the piece of cake. So although he won't, although by nullifying your chametz, you're not going to be transgress anything of having chametz in your possession, but it doesn't mean you're allowed, you're allowed to eat it. It's not like eating dirt. It's not. There's no. There's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to have it in your house, but it doesn't mean you're allowed to eat it. So just because you mavatel it, you still have a problem. You may come to eat the chametz, especially the whole year we used to eat chametz. We eat bread. The whole year we eat chametz. Three hundred fifty, uh, forty-six days a year. Besides the eight, eight, eight days of Pesach, we eat chametz. 
So a person so used to eating chametz, if he finds a piece of chametz in his hands during Pesach, although he would nullify the adorism of Atlan, he may come to eat it. Therefore, what the Chacham said, besides the Mavatl the chametz, you have to go and search for the chametz and make sure there's no chametz in your possession. So, therefore, we have, there's two things a person has to do. A person, according to the Chacham, the say, the Gemara says, a person has to has to be mevatel chametz, which is nullifying, which is very easy to do. You just take out a siddur, you open up to the page, you say those two lines. It's better to know what it means, and at least know what you're saying, know what you're doing. And at this, and at this, but secondly, it's more complicated, is, is searching for the chametz and making sure a person doesn't actually physically have any chametz in his possession. And really, all a person has to do is, the night, of, the night before Pesach, let him just go around with a candle to his house, and search all the corners of his house and make sure there's no chametz there. And well, that he'll fulfill his obligation. But this, uh, the, the, the Ramah writes that the minik has become that a person cleans his house before Pesach. Besides we're doing badika, besides checking for the chametz, before you check for the chametz, there's a minik, the custom has become that a person cleans his house before Pesach. Why? Seems a little bit redundant. If you're going to clean your house, what do you have to check? If you're going to check, what do you have to clean? I mean, if you're cleaning anyway, you're going to vacuum and you're going to scrub everything down anyway, so what am I checking for? So, so the Mishaburah explains the reason why the minig, the custom is to clean the house first, is because it's easier to check. If you know if you have the house, everything's, uh, nothing, the things are not clean, and you know, the, the, in the olden days, you know, to have things, cleanliness wasn't what, wasn't what it was like today, you know, and things build up, and it would, the badik would be much more difficult, be much more difficult to find all the chametz. So therefore the minute became that people cleaned the house before Pesach and cleaned by, and, and then once they once they clean the house, afterwards they'll do the Bidika, Bidika Shamit on the night before Pesach, and by that they'll fulfill their obligation of doing a proper Bidika Shamit. So really essentially what comes what what, what what we see from this is that the entire point of cleaning the house is not a, a, a purpose unto itself. The point of cleaning is to facilitate and make it easier to make a vidika, make it easier to, to, to search for the chametz. So, with, so that's the whole point of, of the cleaning the house, to make it easier to, to search for chametz. So it, it puts a little pers- a, a better perspective on, on cleaning the house for Pesach. So some people have the custom to do spring cleaning before Pesach and clean the whole house from the attic down to the, to the, to the basin, to the boiler room. So a person has to should really it's, it's a fine thing to have to clean the house from top to bottom that that's wonderful, but a person should, should it's a good idea to know what, realize what 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 obligations what we're really doing and what we're obligated to do and it's important to separate you know what's an obligation what's just a minute and what's just extra credit something which a person is not obliga- obligated to do. So if the whole point of of, of cleaning is just to facilitate the bedika, so we have so it's. A person only has to clean a place where he has to check. Not every house, not every, not every single part of a person's house has to be checked for chametz. For example, the, 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 the Shulchan Aruch says that a person only has to check places where he eats chametz in those places, some places you eat chametz in, or even if you don't eat chametz in those places, but sometimes you bring chametz into those rooms. For example, someone has a pan stone in his dining room or his kitchen, he has chametz there all the time. But someone has a pantry where he keeps the soda, so he doesn't eat he doesn't eat a meal in, in his pantry. He doesn't upstairs in the attic, in, in, in upstairs is a storage closet where he keeps the extra seltzer. He doesn't necessarily eat chametz in that place. But it's possible that during the meal he may run out of seltzer, he may run out of soda, he may run out, 
in the middle of the meal to run upstairs to get a bottle of soda. He may have a piece of bread in his hand. He may leave it in that place. So anything like that is obligated in Bedika. Any place which you actually use for chametz, or even if you don't you eat chametz in that place, but you end up, you may possibly go there with chametz. Any place like that is obligated in Bedika. But there are many places in a person's house a person will never bring chametz into. In his bedroom, in his drawers, where he keeps, where he keeps his sacks, the chance no one's going to find it. You're not, did you ever open your, your sacks and find the cherries over there? I mean, most probably it didn't happen because you don't bring chametz into a place like that. So places like that are not obligated in Bedika. If they're not obligated in Bedika, a person from Mitzah Hadid, Mitzah the Ikra Halach, is not obligated to clean those places. Since there's no obligation to check, to, to, to check and make Bedika there, there's no obligation to clean. So again, a person should realize that a person is only obligated to, to clean those places. The cleaning only has to be in places that he's obligated to check. And he's only obliga- obligated to check the parts of his house which sometimes either he uses regularly with chametz, sometimes he, may, he brings chametz there, there's a possibility he brings chametz there, but some places where there's no possibility, not even once a year, he never brings chametz there, those places are not obligated to be checked, and those places are not obligated to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. If you want to clean them, that's fine, but it's not obligation. So, so when we go around with the candles, there's no reason to go to any bedrooms? If the stone has a house, there's no small children around, and a person, and there's a rule in the house, we don't bring comments into, we don't bring comments into any of the bedrooms, and something like that, such a place is not obligated in Medica, you're right. A person in such a place like that, yes. yes. If there's a possibility, maybe, I may I have to get something during the meal, and I may go there with a cookie in my hand, and there's no rule that I, I can't take comments out of the kitchen, so then, then you know, then, then it's worth, it's it's, it's, it's it's a good idea to check over there. But to check the, the bottom drawer of the, of the armoire, that a piece of chametz ended there. There's, there's no obligation. There's no obligation to check over there. And then, and then I'll say just the other side, which is the kitchen is the part of the house that's cleaned most thoroughly before Pesach. That's what's true. The, what's the point in going through the kitchen with the candle the night of Pesach right. when that's the room that got the most attention? Oh, so that's okay. That's a good question. So why you're asking the question if we clean so well before Pesach and the ladies spend so much time cleaning before Pesach? So what's the point of checking? If they just clean the whole, they just they just wiped and hosed and scrubbed and, and and sprayed the whole house from top to bottom. So what's the point of checking in the first place? So the answer is the Mishaburu addresses this question. He says not because we don't trust them that they didn't do a good job, but he says because the obligation of the dikas chametz has to be done by night, and not only does it have to be done by night, it has to be done with a candle, because the search for chametz has to be done with a candle, it has to be done by night. Most of the cleaning takes place by day, and even takes place it usually doesn't take, take, does not take place with a candle. So therefore, it's not considered a, a, a proper vidika the way the Chacham instituted vidika. Chacham instituted vidika with a, at night with a candle because a candle works better at night; it shines better at night. You're able to get all the nooks and the crannies and all the crevices. So that's why the vidika has to take place at night with a candle, even though it was clean before. And like we said earlier, that makes the vidika much easier to do because it's clean already. You don't have things piled up. Things that it's clean, but. But a still, the, the still person still has the obligation to actually do the bedikah at night with a candle and not to rely on the queen. If somebody a, a week before Pesach would clean the house at night and at the same time you go with the flash and look at the same time, that would count as a bedikah. But just, uh, just a cleaning during the day, something like that, 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 that doesn't qualify for bedikah. Bedikah still has to be in those places. Because so, then when we hide the ten pieces of bread... Right. I mean, the last place we want to hide them is in the kitchen. But that's really the only place that needs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's not, it, I wouldn't say the kitchen's the only place that needs it, because any place that has a possibility of having chavetz bought into it during the year is obligated to be 
Anyway, so it depends on the house. The house is a very strict house. There's no children around, and no one's going to bring the, the chametz. Uh, no one's going to bring the chametz upstairs to the attic. The attic is not obligated to bedika. But a house which 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 has a house which has small children, the Mishnah says the small children. The whole the, the rules are changed. Because the small children, they can come to any place. They can take comments, they can go upstairs, downstairs. I mean, the place that they can't reach, there's, not, there's, there's no obligation. But any place that the children can get to, any place that they... That, the whole entire house becomes a place which is considered a comments is brought into. So, it, it depends on the situation. If it's a house, you know, strict rules, and, you know, everyone's under... Uh, no one out of the kitchen with a piece of comments the whole 365 days a year, and no children making trouble, so then it's much easier. But a house with children... And running around, so then, you know, then Chumz could be any place severe. In the case like that, the the Chibik would be, have to be all over. So I'm just trying to bring out that the the, 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 the cleaning has, is, is, is only required to be done in places that Chumz may possibly come into. And that's what, that's what we're doing. That's the point of the cleaning. Now, there's a question the question, what, 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 what do we have to look for? What are we looking for in the Bidik? And what do we have to clean? So... The place can say that small, tiny crumbs is not something that a person has to concern himself with. Nikaradin, a person does not have to be nervous about pirurin. Pirurin means very small crumbs. Small crumbs, even if they're chametz around the house and the quarters, is not the type of chametz that we're concerned with on Pesach, mi'ikradin. And the reason is because the Gemara said that small crumbs are bottle mi'elah. They're bottled by themselves. They're not considered important. They're not important. And they're bottled and they're nullified on their own. Even if you don't actually verbally nullify and mevatel the chavetz, still these small tiny pieces, small pieces are, are nullified by themselves. So therefore, mi'ikra, then a person doesn't have to concern himself with those pieces. A piece of chavetz, which is the size of a piece of Cheerios, or larger, Something like that is, 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 is what we're looking for. We want the house to be clean of any significant so- piece, size piece of chametz. A significant piece which would be considered something the size of a piece of Cheerios or larger, something like that is something we want to get rid of and that we don't want to have in our houses and we want to clean. When we do the cleaning, that's the type of chametz we are, we are, we are, are basically looking for. The Mishnah Bruder says, the bring the Shatin says, and it's really quoting from the Rishayim, Yisrael Kedoshim Hayim, Yisrael our holy nation, and since we're Kedoshim, we're not only careful, the minig has become not only to be careful with the larger pieces of chametz, but even Pirurin, even tiny pieces of chametz, we also try to get rid of, we also try to get rid of from our house. So, so we see from this is two levels in the cleaning, in the cleaning process. The obligation, the main obligation of a person is to, when he cleans the house is to make sure that there are no larger pieces of chametz. Chametz the size of a piece of Cheerios are larger. That definitely has to be get, gotten rid of during the cleaning process. That's not something we want lying around the houses. Even before the Badika, when a lady cleans, you should know that any piece of chametz which is larger than a piece of Cheerios is something which certainly should be gotten rid of, and that's, that's certainly a problem. A person who is able to, has the ability to, and they could clean that house and even get rid of all the small, tiny crumbs, the smaller crumbs of chametz. You saw kedushimayim. That's the minig. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a wonderful minig, and it's, it's, it's a good thing if a person could do that and, and, and totally clean his house even from the smaller pieces of chametz. But a person should realize that since it's not miikar adin, it's not the main obligation that a person has. It's only the minug. It's only a custom. So therefore, if a person has sometimes, you can have a person. You know, in the olden days, people had houses. 
they, you know, there were two types of people. There were the wealthy people, they had very large houses, and but those wealthy people had, had a lot of servants, right? And there was small. There were people who weren't wealthy, and they had smaller houses. They had a one-room house, maybe a two-room house. They didn't have any servants, but the whole house fit into the size of this room, fit into this room. So in the old days, cleaning for, for Pesach, a wealthy person who had a large house had a whole a whole staff on on hand to help clean the house for Pesach, and they would make life a lot easier. The, the people at a smaller house, who people didn't have help, had a much smaller house. Nowadays, we kind of have the, the average house nowadays is, is one one floor, two floors, whatever it is, five rooms, ten rooms, however large a house is, and it's just one person on staff. There's only one lady who has to clean who has to clean the whole house. Hopefully, the husband helps out, and every of course. And everything like that, and, she has some, and then someone helps out. But but it, our houses, on average, are much larger than they used to be. And to, for one person, and if it's small children, and and she works, and the people are busy, it's not always so easy to clean the entire house from top to bottom and cleanse it from every single crumb that may be there. And it could sometimes a lady can come into Pesach, and after three weeks, of course, from Purim until Pesach, she feels like she's running a marathon, and she hasn't had a second to breathe or to sleep or to eat or anything. For the last four weeks, all she's been thinking about the tiny crumbs stuck in, inside the, uh, the outlets. So, so, and she comes, she sits down to the Seder as soon as, you know, they start the uh, Maggit. After Manashtana, she's already fast asleep. And all the mitzvahs of the night of Pesach, you know, the whole, the cleaning and the cutting out the chametz is just the, the, the culmination of all that is to end up to sit down to the Seder like a king, like a queen, and to appreciate the mitzvahs that we have to do once a year. The matzah, the mara, the kairach, and then the, the saying the haggadah, the, the once a year mitzvahs that we have to appreciate that, if somebody's fast asleep, they, they don't be able to appreciate that. So a person has to realize, take this into to, to account, that if, if cleaning in such a way of getting rid of the house of every single crumb is going to prevent the person from, from celebrating the yontif properly and not fulfilling the yontif in, in, its, in its proper way, perhaps it's better, it is better, the place can say it's better to not to be concerned with the tiny pirurim, be concerned with the, the, the larger pieces, the cheerios pieces, the size of the piece of cheerios are larger, be concerned with those pieces and, and, and sit down to the seder with a, with a clear head and with the and with the kosher pesach, so just the person has to realize that if a person is able to and is able to clean the house totally from top to bottom and get every single crumb, that's beautiful. But not everyone has the ability, and every circumstance is different. And if a person has to take into account that there are there's a mitzvah of, of a seder, there's a mitzvah of matzah, there's a mitzvah of celebrating celebrating a seder together with the family and spending and participating in all of that has to be taken into, into, into account while cleaning for Pesach. That, that's the point I'm bringing up. That's cleaning for Pesach. Um, heavy items, such in the, sometimes in the kitchen yeah, you have the refrigerator or you have the oven. Sometimes there's a concern that a, a piece of a, a noodle or something could have fallen underneath the refrigerator. The back behind, sometimes you store things on top of the refrigerator, something can fall over the back, fall down the back, something like that, or behind the oven. Now, these types of, of items are things which are not easily moved, unless it has wheels and the person moves it sometimes. But for the most part, these items are very difficult to move. They're considered heavy, heavy items. The halacha says that something which is a, very, a heavy item, which is not moved, and it's covered over, and there is no obligation to move it before Pesach to get rid of the chams underneath. It's enough just to bevatel it, and with the bitl, when you, when you say it should be like hefker and after the ara, when we turn into dust, just the bitl that a person makes with Pesach is enough, and there's no obligation to move it. So therefore, a person does not have an obligation to move 
his refrigerator or his oven or the heavy items which may have chametz behind it because the, for that we say the bittel is enough. However, if a person moves it within 30 days before Pesach, someone's uh, doing move, something's, for whatever reason, if they happen to move the refrigerator and they uncover the area behind the refrigerator within 30 days before Pesach, so then a person does have an obligation to get rid of the chametz. Because if it's within 30 days, then you do have an obligation to remove it. But normally, you have a heavy refrigerator, it's, it's, it's in its place, it's never moved. Before Pesach, there is no obligation in there. No, there's no obligation for a person to remove the refrigerator and take out the chums behind the refrigerator. There's no obligation to remove the entire oven from the wall or the entire stove and move the whole thing out and take out the chums behind there. It's enough for a person just to mevatel it, and that's sufficient. Yeah. This means that I'm not... If, if I move it in before 30 days, at the time I move it, right. I'm required to clean. But I don't have to go back and clean later. If you moved it within 30 days, then you're required. No, then at, you're the required. Time, at the time I moved Well, that would be a good time to do it because you moved it already. Right. But no, it, even if you put it back afterwards, you would still be obligated to go I, back and get it. If I haven't. If I haven't cleaned it that Exactly. Day. Even if you haven't cleaned it then, right. If you clean it then, then you're right. Then you're taking care of it. And if you cleaned it then, do you have to move it again because you're concerned that something also fell after you moved it? No. If it's, not, no it's, not, it's, not, it's not a uh, it's not a normal place for things to fall, then you're not obligated. If it happens, you know, on occasion that things fall there, and you moved it within 30 days, yes, then you would, would be obligated. Uh, a person should keep in mind that uh, a car has to be checked for chametz. People don't realize, but so the car also is not just the house. The car is certainly a place that people bring chametz into. The car has to be checked for chametz also. It's a good idea, it's a good thing to keep in mind that when a person, sometimes you have place in the house which have chametz that are difficult to get to, sometimes in the refrigerator, some of the, the cracks, or different parts of the house which, which, are, hot, which are difficult to get to. There's, a, there's one way to, to, to get out of it if you can't reach it with your fingers. If you pour a little bit of ammonia or bleach or something which will make it the chametz unfit for a dog to eat. The halach is the chametz is only usher if it's, if it's fit for consumption of a human, or at least a dog could eat it. Even not for a human, but at least a dog is able to eat it. But something which is not even fit for the consumption of a dog, so we say that that is not considered chametz, and there's no problem with it. So if a person has a, some, somewhere, somewhere a hard-to-reach area, which is difficult to get to, if he pours a little bleach, a little ammonia, something which is pikimit, something which it gives it a bad taste, and which, not, which, which, is, which is going to become unfit for consumption of uh, people, so then a person is not obligated, then that would be good enough, and a person does not have to, to get, get rid of it afterwards. Sometimes you have a place in the house that you plan on selling, a room in the house that you plan on selling to a guy. You have a room, that this room, you know, all your stuff, which you're, which this, you know, you're selling this to the guy, and he's going to, you know, then that, that all your, all your chametz is going in that place. Are you obligated to check that? The question is, are you obligated to check a place, clean, and check a place which you're planning on selling to the guy? So it really depends. If a person's custom is that he sells all kinds of chametz, even something which is a piece of, even real, real chametz, like a piece of bread or something like that, so then there's no a place that you plan on selling to the guy, then you have no obligation to, to check it, you have no obligation to clean it. Because you're selling it anyway. You plan on selling it. You know, come Eric pays that, the guy's going to... So he gets the keys and it's all his. So if you're going to sell it anyway, what's the point of cleaning it? Whatever's there is being sold to the guy. A person who does not have the custom of selling real chametz, many people don't sell real chametz, they only sell chametz which is mixed in. We'll talk about, we'll talk about this next week, more by Rechus. 
But some places that are, some, some, many people are accustomed not to sell real chametz, they only sell chametz, which is mixed chametz, taruvas chametz. Someone like that, they should clean a place that they plan on selling to the guy because there may be real chametz there. There may be a piece of bread there, and the piece of bread they don't want to sell to the guy. Therefore, they should, they should clean such a place. Svarim, or benchers. There's a person obligated to clean svarim or benchers. So, svarim, if, if it's something that a person never takes to the table and never comes in contact with food, then there's that certainly nothing to be concerned about. If a person has a safer chumash, sometimes he takes, or uh, some, another safer chavetz chaim, sometimes he brings to the table and he has it with him by the meal. So something like that, Ramesh writes that we're not obligated to clean them and check them. There's no, obligated to, no obligation to clean them, but they should not be brought to the table during Pesach. Because since they may have uh, some crumbs on them, so you, it's not a problem. You don't have any, you can have it in your possession, and if you want to sell it to the guy, that's fine. But, but uh, we just don't bring it to the table because we don't want any crumbs to get mixed in and we don't want to end up eating any of those crumbs on Pesach. And same thing, benchers, the person has benchers, and many times benchers are mixed, they're mixed in with, uh, they have crumbs in them, they're always bought to the, they're on the table during, during the whole year and they have chametz on them. So benchers is something which a person should put aside and should not use the regular benchers during Pesach. He should have a special set of benchers for Pesach and not use the benches used during the entire year, and the, the regular benches should be sold to the guy with the rest of his chametz. Okay, so this is, this, is, this is in regard to cleaning the house in general. I want to speak a few minutes about cleaning the kitchen, which is a little bit more, a little more, a little bit more uh, difficult to clean. And the reason why is the kitchen, why, so why is the question is why is the kitchen different than any place in the rest of the house? Why are we so concerned about the kitchen? Why is the kitchen more chum or more stringent than my dining room or somewhere else? So the reason is because, like we explained earlier, there's, there's numerous isurim, numerous halachas involved in chametz. A person is not allowed to even have chametz in his possession, which you don't find any other place. A person cannot have chametz in his possession. That's what we have to mevatlet, that's what we have to check for the chametz, that's what we clean for the chametz to make it easy to check. All these things are to avoid having any chametz in our possession, period. But besides for having chametz in your possession, there's another iser, obviously, everyone, the person is not allowed to eat chametz during Pesach. The person is not allowed to eat any chametz during Pesach, right? Everyone knows that. The Torah, as a matter of fact, says it's such a, it's such a stringent halacha that a person who eats a kazayas of chametz, the size of an olive of chametz during Pesach, is mechuyiv karis. The person does it uh, willingly and intentionally, he's mechuyiv karis, he's... he's he gets karis for eating a piece of chametz. So the, the, a person cannot eat chametz during Pesach. And the, but there's a, there's a unique halacha which you find the chametz which you don't find in, in other places. And that is that normally if you have a piece of, uh, a piece of a forbidden fat, a piece of chalev in your house, someone has that, and it gets mixed into a soup, most of the time it's, it's, it's permitted to eat the soup. And the reason is because it's bottle, it's nullified. Because of the 60 times the kosher food, and there's only one sixtieth of non-kosher food, the halakh is become nullified and it becomes bust. Right? If so, so normally, don't, if we don't have non-kosher food, it's not a problem. But even if, even if there would be a, a small amount of non-kosher, most of the time, when the bottle will be 60 times the amount, it would be okay. Chametz is unique in the sense that Chametz has an extra chumrah, an extra stringency, that even a mashahu of Chametz is, 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 is not is forbidden to be eaten. A ma- one drop of Chametz, a, a pear, a, a small crumb of Chametz, which falls into your soup, the huge pot of soup, it's a 10-gallon pot, one small crumb falls in, the whole soup has to be sold out, and the whole soup is forbidden to eat. Because Chametz, the Torah said it, 
Matatayra, it's also in the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say that chametz is also b'mashu. Even a tiny amount of chametz is already forbidden and is not permitted to be. <coughs> so therefore, when cleaning a kitchen before Pesach, a person has to realize that one drop of chametz already could make his food be forbidden to eat and, 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 could, and it can make him spill out his whole food. So that's why cleaning the kitchen becomes a little bit challenging. Because if there's one, one spot somewhere, that food comes in contact, that's the food's not, not allowed to be. There's another halacha when it comes to the kitchen. That is that when we say chametz is not allowed to be eaten, we're not only referring to a piece of bread, or even a small crumb of bread. There's something called belias, there's something called tam, taste. Even the taste of chametz is forbidden to be eaten. Which means that you have a pot. And the pat is something that you cook in it, uh, uh, matzah balls. You, no, uh, chametz stick of uh, noodles in there. So even though the, you cleaned out the pat before Pesach, and the pat is perfectly clean, if you use that pat during Pesach, your food is not, not going to be permitted to be eaten. Why? I, there's no noodles mixed into my food here. There's no the noodles. Already, I ate them a week ago. There's no noodles here. And there's no chametz. So I don't see any chametz. So why, why, am I not, why can't I cook with this pat during Pesach? The answer is because the taste of chametz gets absorbed into the walls of the pat. And since it gets absorbed into the walls of the pat, when I cook now on Pesach, the chametz is going to come out of the taste of the chametz, is going to come out of the walls, get mixed into my Pesach thick of food, and it's going to make it, and it's going to make, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to make it chametz. So chametz is not only usr, it's not only forbidden to eat actual chametz, but even that something which has the taste of chametz in it is also something which is not permitted to be. So therefore, we have to make sure, when we clean our kitchens, first of all, there shouldn't be any drafts of chametz, any pieces of chametz. We also have to make sure that nothing comes in contact with a surface or an area that has, that absorbs the taste of chametz. It's a, it's a yeah. Also, the chathila is certainly a problem, and by chametz, even to the other, may be a problem for any of Chametz is more chamer than that also. Any of the is also a problem. <coughs> The chametz is chametz, the nice and time of chametz is, is worse. Yeah. Doesn't make a difference if a pot of stainless steel versus, let's say, a, uh, a pot made out of clay, as an example, where one is porous and one is not porous. It makes a difference in the sense that a pot which is made out of steel, you could make kosher for Pesach. And a pot, but a pot which is made out of clay, which is made out of cheres, which is made out of clay, you can't even make kosher for Pesach. So you said there's no way you could use it. So it's worse. So it's something like that you can't even use. So let's talk about the, the appliances and the, the different parts of the kitchen and we'll explain how each part, how a person could make that kosher for Pesach and how the way it should be done. So you have the sink. The sink, the whole year, is used with chametz. The taste of chametz is, is first, so before Pesach you have to clean out the sink and scrub it and make sure there's no drops and no pieces around the sink in any area. You have to take care that by the bottom of the sink where the drain is, there's a crevice around where the drain is that should be cleaned carefully, no crumbs should be stuck in there. Um, so all these areas have to be cleaned very well. Now besides that, the walls of the sink have, are absorbed with the taste of chametz. Because sometimes you have noodles in there and you have hot, the, the, the hot water will put the taste of the chametz into the walls of the sink. So in order to make the sink, the best thing with the sink is just to cover it. Take a, they, they sell inserts which fit into sinks and to cover the sink completely the bottom of the walls the lip which goes around the side, the, the, the main part of the sink as much as possible to, to, if a person is able to get a cover and a, a sink insert, a liner. a liner, and cover the whole sink 
and that'll that'll make life a lot easier. But you still clean it though, because you don't want yes, to. Yes, as I said, the person should clean it, right. and besides the cleaning, should cover it. It's also a good idea. So that's that's that certainly a person should do. It's also a good idea for a person to pour before he he covers the sink. It's a good idea for a person to pour boiling water on the entire sink. What kind of sink are you talking about? All stainless steel or anything? all kinds of sinks? Well, any kind of sink. Stainless, enamel, whatever the sink is, sink is made of. A person, a person should certainly cover it, and it's a good idea for a person to pour boiling water on the, to kasher the sink with boiling water. What does that mean? That means that a person should take a pot, heat it up on the stove, fill it up with boiling water. Now you have your clean sink. You please don't make sure, don't use the sink for 24 hours. The sink shouldn't be used for 24 hours. That way, it should become eina ben yoyma. Shouldn't be within 24 hours of the last time it was used. Take the the hot water from the boiling pot, pour it on all areas of the sink with the boiling water. That, by doing that, that's another way of removing the taste of the chametz which is absorbed in the walls of the sink. Even though a person is doing that, a person should also cover it. That's a good idea. So, what I'm saying is a person should certainly cover the sink. It's a good idea besides the carving, a person should pour boiling water over the entire sink also. This might not be practical. People can use a sink if it's only cold water or something. As long as it's not right, hot water. Right, 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 right. Hot water, right. So anybody know just the hot water is a problem. Correct. And when pouring the hot water, a person... Yes? Um, even stainless steel, any, any sink, you're talking about to cover any, any kind of sink. It's the best to cover it, yes. It's the best, the best, the best thing is to cover it, and if possible, pour hot water on it over the whole thing before. There are some people who just pour hot water on it on a stainless, on a stainless sink, which is possible to make kosher. Some people just pour hot water on it, and they don't cover it. But it's, even if a person does pour hot water, it is still a good idea to cover it afterwards, because this is, the place can say numerous reasons why, why it's, why it's, why it's good to do that. But it's a good idea. So I'm saying the easiest covering is covering is covering is certainly that's the that's the first level. If possible, person should should pour hot water on it also. And there are some people who just pour hot water and they don't cover it. But I'm saying it's a better idea to to cover it also, even though it pours first hot water. What about the spigot? I see some people put tip on the spigot as well. The spigot is the where the water comes out. No, the faucet, faucet part, right? Okay, we'll speak about yeah. I get that's the the next part of the thing. Every part you know has its own. <laughs> Don't think. Okay, so that's with the that's with the body of the sink itself, and a person should should realize also that the, the um, not just the, the the bottom of the sink, not just the walls of the sink. Also, there's the the rim of the sink which extends onto the counter. Some some sinks, in some kitchens that should also be covered. Now you have also the faucet. We are concerned also that this, the, the taste of chametz may have gotten absorbed in the faucet. How do you how do you cash that? So with that. That's also that's not that difficult. First thing we do is turn on the hot water to the highest setting, open up the sink, and turn let the hot water flow for a few minutes. Three, oh, wait, minutes no, 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 five minutes, three minutes, five minutes. And at the same time, you're pouring the hot water. The water's coming out of the, the faucet. Take the hot water from that pot we had before, pour it over the faucet. So that way, you'll have hot water from the inside of the force of the force of the spigot. You'll have hot water coming from the outside, and that way, you'll have taken care of the the faucet. Well, why, is, why is it necessary to pour the boiling water on top of the faucet in addition to setting it on the high center? It never got any higher, hotter. If no, you, we're concerned that a piece of chametz may have fallen on the sink. A half piece of chametz may have fallen on the sink from the outside, on the faucet from the outside. 
the normal way of costing is to heat something to the highest temperature that it ever got. Okay. It never got any hotter. If you if you turn your faucet on for five minutes. Right. <coughs> no, 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 my point is that sometimes you may have spilled half chametz on the outside of the sink, right. on out on the top of the faucet. Right. At the same time, water was coming on the inside, so you had the heating on both sides. So you're saying the hottest it ever got was when the water was flowing inside. Yeah, sometimes you get a heat from the inside and heat from the outside. That's what we're trying to, to recreate that. They have water. You would never have soup. 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 You that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. He's asking what kind of pot should you use for kashering? Should you use a Pesach Likha path or you should use a Chametz Likha path? So if you want to use, you have, you have two options. If you want to use a Chametz, a Pesach Likha path, that's fine. Use a Pesach Likha path. But before, if you want to use it afterwards on Pesach, to cook on Pesach with, you have to make sure to kasher that pot before using it. Again? Yes. Why? Because we're concerned during the during the, the cashing process, some chametz may have gotten into that. So how do you, it's very handy kasher pot. It's very easy. You fill up the pot with hot water, with water, turn on the flame, you let the pot bubble, and that then pour it out. But why are you concerned about chametz into the face of the pot? All you do is pour in boiling water. Right. So the bleas, the, the taste, which was in the sink, comes up in the steam and goes into the pot. That's that's the. Uh, so that's so they said that that's so if a person uses a pesach the kapat, he should kasher the pesach. If he wants to use it for pesach, he should kasher before using on pesach itself. How do you kasher? Just heat it, just heat it up with hot water, wait till the water all the way to the top, let the water bubble, spill it out, and then the pat, the pat can be used for pesach. Or if, if you want to use a chametz the kapat, that's also fine. Just kasher before you use it. How do you how do you kasher chametz the kapat? The same thing. Clean it out. Wait 24 hours. Fill it up with hot water. Turn on the flame, let the water inside the pot bubble, once the water, pour out the water, and then that pot is considered Pesach thick. Use that, then use this pot, which you just kashered, use it, now you could use it for kashering also. So, the, the boiling process, can it be done on a stove top which was not yet cleaned for Pesach? Or it's, better have, put it's better to have a, a stove top which was already cleaned for Pesach. And put the Chomitz uh, Dike pot on top of it? <laughs> so how would you how would you do that? So if you have a Pesach Dika thing, let's take it. The burners get so hot. Is this yeah. a problem? If the, I'm sorry. The burners get uh, right. red. Yeah, we'll speak. We'll speak of the burners. Then we'll speak of the burners. No, 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 oh, if there's food underneath it and the burners get hot, the flavor from the food might right. come up. Okay. All right, right. right. You should, you should probably use a Pesach thicker burner. The question is, you should, you should probably cash the burner after after cash, after you heat up the pot. After checking the I would have to check. I would have to check that. Yes. Yeah. Question. Um, with all this on and off the burner, uh, how do you define boiling, and when do you consider it no longer boiling? <coughs> boiling is when it's bubbling, when bubbles are coming up. But when you take it off, it's not really bubbling anymore. It's fine. It's fine. Since as long as it's it was, if you take it, wait till it bubbles on the stove. And then pour it. It doesn't have to be that fine. So that's good enough. That's good enough. Okay. Then you have also sometimes in the drain, chametz gets stuck inside the drain, which on the on the way down. So for that, while cleaning the sink, just pour some. We're probably cleaning the sink anyways with ammonia, bleach, or some other you know strong cleaner. 
that'll go down the drain and that'll take all the chametz which is inside the drain and it'll render it unfit for, for, for consumption and that'll avoid, you'll avoid any problems with any, any chametz that may be stuck if inside it's in the drain, isn't it? It's I'm sorry? If it's in the drain, isn't it already bitten? No, not necessarily. Why? You know, someone's going to go down there and eat it? No, but the taste may come up. Hot water can always bring the taste up. That's the chachamitz. A drop of chachamitz is a problem. So I'm saying if there's something which is, makes it unfit, which go, the consumption goes down into the, to the drain, that's good. <laughs> a sink which you don't use for chachamitz, in a bathroom sink, or sometimes people have a sink in the dining room which they wash with, that does not have to be kashered. That can be used as is. That's fine. Only, we're only talking about a sink, a kitchen sink, which is used for washing dishes, which is going to be used for washing dishes, which is used with chametz, that is a problem. The countertops, the, the countertops, what a person should do is cover the countertops, and that, that's enough. All the countertops should be covered, should, they should be cleaned before Pesach, and they should be, make sure there's not a drop of chametz in them, then they should be covered with a thick covering, because many coverings, you cover them and they can get ripped easily, they can get torn, so either use uh, the, uh, the heavy-duty aluminum foil, or sometimes they sell they sell um, the, um, the plexiglass or uh, pieces of plastic pieces which cover harder pieces of plastic which which cover the counters. Something like that should be used. Something which there's no chance to be very difficult for it to to, to tear, and that would be enough. What if they've never been used? The what? The countertop? Uh, no problem. Brand new kitchen. That's fine. Just, yeah. just wipe them down before to make sure there's no that should be clean, no 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 dirt in them, no chametz in them, but you know they don't have to be covered. If they're never used, not a problem. Okay, now it comes to the oven. What do you do with your oven? So the oven should be cleaned before Pesach. Should be cleaned to make sure there's no chametz there, no real piece of chametz. And sometimes it's not so easy to get every part of the oven. There's crevices and there's, there's nooks and crannies. So care should be taken while cleaning the oven. Um, if a person has a self-clean oven, so that's the simplest. What you do is a self-clean oven, just turn on self-clean and re- let it go for two hours, and that will cashier out the oven, and the oven will be fine for Pesach. That will cashier your oven for Pesach, without a problem. Do you know the time it has to be for? Two hours. Two hours on self-clean. It should still be wiped out, though, after it's so self-clean, though, correct? No, there's not, uh, I mean, it's left Even the residue that's left behind is not a problem? That's, so it's unfit for consumption. It's dirt. You may want to get rid of it because you don't want to eat it, but it's yeah. not the common stuff. So, uh, I don't understand. For the oven, yeah. uh, I understand that whatever you see as chromates or right. potentially chromates has right. to be clean and everything that... But uh, why you should be concerned about something falling into the crevice because it's going to get so hot, it's definitely going to be destroyed. It's not going to be fixed. Right. You're, you're right. It's true. If you're doing self-clean, you, you probably don't have to. You don't have to clean the, the oven that well. You're right because the self clean itself destroys and burns up any anything which is there okay, and get rid of it. If you look at you're it, right, you don't see right. the, any right. food. That it's true. That's true. It's what point. about the door in the oven? Even when you put it on self clean. So m- many places can hold that if you do self clean, that's good enough for the door. Also, and they scare the door. Also, even if it's a glass door, many places can hold that. Right. There are some who say you should cover the door. So for non-self-clean, what's the... Oh, so non-self-clean. What do you do for non-self-clean? So the many places can hold, and one could rely on those places that they say, clean out the oven well, make sure there's no chametz. Here you have to be more careful to clean out the oven well, because it doesn't, won't get totally burned up. And then turn the oven on the highest setting, and let it go for an hour on the highest setting. And they're having the chametz, let's say 550, or broil, whatever the highest setting of the oven is, and they're going on that setting for 550, that will cashier the oven. So a person could rely on that. Some people are more stringent and they get an oven insert. If they don't have a self-clean, they get an oven insert where they take silver foil and they cover the inside of the oven. 
But but this is definitely that many places can hold that Rav Aaron, the Rishim and Lake Rav Aaron Kotler held that just turning the oven on its high setting for an hour that is good enough sufficient to cash the oven and that takes care of the problem. Is there any reason to cover the inside with the foil, uh, the door of the oven for the self-clean oven? So like I said, there are there are some say that it's it's it's, it's a good thing to do, but most most places can hold it's not a, not a problem. Okay, so that's with the oven and the racks of the oven. So if you have self the racks of the oven, if you have self-clean. A self-clean oven, and just leave the self the, the racks in during the self-clean process, and that'll be good enough. <coughs> if you don't have a self-clean, you just have the oven which is just, which you're just running on the highest setting. So it depends if you use the the racks directly with chametz. As many people, they never use the racks directly. They always put a pad on top, or even instead of putting chal inside a bread or chal inside the oven, they always have a something underneath, a piece of silver foil underneath. So then the racks, then you won't have to, you could cash the racks together with the rest of the oven. If somebody occasionally uses the oven and use the racks direct with chametz directly on the racks themselves, so then the racks, a person should get new racks of Pesach. What about if you have like, a boil over in the oven, or you know you use a container that had a hole, and you know they use a boil container, so you right. have some dripping. Right. Are you going to make yeah. a difference with that, or is that? Yeah. If that happens, if that does happen, so then 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 you need the more stringent type type of uh, mm. of of and that one, and if you don't have self clean, you can't do that. Clarification. If you put comments on your racks, like for instance, hamburger buns, right. they, 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 again, a self-clean oven is going to take care of that. That'll take care of it. Racks, you don't have to cover the racks. Right, right, right. right. If you're self-clean, then self-clean is like the highest kind of, of cashing you could have. It's like a blowtorch. Right. That's the best cashing you could have. So you have a self-clean oven, you're, that's, that's you. That does everything right. I'm sorry? Oh, if you have an enamel, if you have an, an oven which inside is, is enamel, you're right. Okay, if you have an oven which is, I, I don't know the the, 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 the the facts, I don't know, my oven at home is metal inside, but if someone has enamel on the inside of the oven, if there is, I don't know exactly how most of that's the old, the old fashioned, or I don't know exactly the styles of the way things go nowadays, but if someone has enamel on the inside of the oven, so then you would, then if you would, if you don't have self-clean, then you would have a problem. You not, would not help to turn on the highest setting. If you have self-clean, that would help even for enamel. But if you, because that's called Lieben Chomer. A Lieben Chomer, that helps. Because the problem is it may be Cheres. Yes. So Cheres, so Lieben Chomer helps for Cheres. A strong kind of Lieben helps even for, for that. All the time, even in the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Usually, usually, we don't, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. You have a self-clean oven and you have the racks going in a groove from the inside of the oven. Yeah. So is the, the self-clean sufficient to consider the groove, even though the rack itself is covering the groove? Yeah, 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 because it, uh, it gets over 800 degrees. And the self-clean is 8, 900 degrees inside the oven. Anything which is in the walls, in, any pieces in there, anything is going to totally burnt up, and there's nothing to consider that. Yeah. We have an oven which is all year round, is milk eggs. Right. Now, we're going to run it through the self-clean cycle. Right. Can and on Pesach we don't really use milk. Can we use it for flesh eggs on Pesach? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And after Pesach, then would be would be allowed to to switch it back. Switch it back. To so if you do the self clean, that's yeah. It helps the Pesach. It helps for, for yeah. Right, but normally we're not allowed right, to right. go and switch back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for Pesach, you're allowed to. Yeah, for Pesach, that says for Pesach, you're allowed to do switch. Well, even, even during the year, you can self clean it and then use it for flesh and then self clean right, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to the oven hood. A person sometimes the to on top of the oven, so just to 
three more minutes till we finished. On the, the hood on top of the oven, sometimes uh, the steam comes up from the pats, and if it's close enough, the steam may still be hot when it's going up to the oven hood. So if it's close, if the hood on top of the stove is close enough to the pats that the steam is still war, still hot when it when it hits the oven hood, that should also be covered with silver foil. Because we're concerned that the hot steam may put the, the taste of hummus on top on the, on the hood of the oven. So if the, if the hood of the oven is high enough that by the time the steam gets there, it's cooled off and it's not and it's below 100 degrees, you know you can touch it and you don't feel one won't feel that warm. So then it doesn't doesn't have to be covered. It should just be clean. So if it's, if it's under, uh, if it's, it's less than, you gotta let it go. Then it's not a problem. So let's ask less than that. Um, regarding the stove, how do you capture the stove? This is all the oven. How do you capture the stove? <coughs> so the place can say the way you capture the stove is as follows. The, the, the main problem is the racks. The racks come in contact with hummets. So the way to capture the racks is you take a, uh, if you take a, a heavy duty silver foil, you cover the burner and you turn the flame of that burner on the highest setting. Like if you have the you have this heavy-duty silver foil on top of the burner, and you turn the highest setting, that'll spread the flame around the entire chatsuva, around the entire uh, grill, around the entire uh, grating. I, I, I know something. And that'll make it very hot, and that'll be enough to capture it. Well, even a regular, even a regular, but the electric. Uh, all the heat's then staying in so, the Okay, he's doing this. When you're done with that, yeah. give it enough time to cool off before you take the aluminum foil off, or you will hurt yourself. No. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and it's very important. It's very important the also with, it, with, with the whole caching in general that, you know, you're dealing with hot things and people are experienced. You do it once a year. Hot water and this hot, uh, hot oven and the hot stove. A person should take a lot of care and uh, necessary safety precautions that has to show them that nothing should, uh, shouldn't hurt himself because that, that's not part of the mitzvah. By, by the way, every year someone ruins their oven by putting foil on the inside of the oven and then self-cleaning. No, 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 do not. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. That's true. Why do you need to? Yes. Yeah. Ah, that's a good point. If you want, if you have a self-clean oven, you have a very, you have a very, you have a much easier idea. What you do is you take it the grates, put the grates in the oven when it's self-cleaning, turn on self-clean, and that'll help for the grates also, and that'll catch the grates. I'm sorry. It could ruin them, but depends. They have two different types of grates. Like if they're enamel-based grates or something like that, because a lot of times you read, you read your manual, because your manual sometimes do not self-clean with the, do not put this and do not. Uh, okay. If it's a question of rulings, then put the then put the silver foil and then turn it turn it turn on for. That's not yet. Um, no, it wouldn't help for now. If it's, if it's covered with enamel, it wouldn't help. Then we'd have to get new 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 racks. Right, oven oven help also right. Yes. If you didn't want to go through on the stove, not the oven. Yeah. Um, could you take the bottom part of the burner and the top? Rail, um, you know, in town they'll put it in the boiling water that has to put the rock. Take it to one of the places who will boil it through in the one of the hot, you know, one of those rapid boiling tanks. It's, that is, no, it's, it's preferable to do on your with, with, with the fire. Oil, okay. Yeah, preferable with fire. Right. I'm not recommending anyone takes a blowtorch. Uh, what about blowtorch okay, in the kitchen? Any oven has a vent coming out the back. Right. Do not cover the vent. No. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no you're right. <laughs> when you when you put the oven on softly. Yes. If we were to tent, what you're talking about on the top of the oven is more or less tenting it over with the aluminum foil. 
right. so that the heat's maintained. You're just while you're <coughs> while you have the flame on. That we, right. on that one on one burn at a time. One burn at yeah. a time. Okay, right. you're saying one burn at a time. One okay. burn at a time, but that's for safety reasons. Okay, I understand. Yeah. But can, what if I um, tented it and included the vent yeah. in the tent, yeah. and then had another place the air could come out at the say at the front of the oven, so that the hot air from the salt clean comes into the top. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. To look at that. It was on the self clean. Yeah. yeah. That would be good also. Be the burners or the The burners themselves. I just want to finish up one more thing. We'll finish in one minute. Then we'll ask questions afterwards. I just want to. Um, and the, the surface of the oven in between the burners should be covered with heavy duty silver foil and, and that, that's sufficient. So the burners themselves could be cashed, like I said, with with turning them on the highest setting, and that would be good. And turning the highest, uh, the highest flame, that would be good enough. But anything in between should be covered with silver foil. Um, How long does the burner cost right for? For 15 minutes. So some people have the minic to cover the knobs on the oven. The person is not obligated to do so, but it's, it's, it's a minic to do like that. Um, regarding tables, cabinets, the refrigerator, the freezer, high chairs, things like that, those don't require any hot water or blow torches or anything like that. <laughs> enough just to clean it well before Pesach. Clean, clean, <laughs> clean it well before Pesach, make sure there's no crumbs. And it sh the minute gets to cover all those things with paper or with silver foil and not to put the food directly on them. And the minute also is to have tablecloths and uh, dish towels and, and bibs for the children. The minute, it, normally it should be enough just to wash in the, in the washing machine, and that's sufficient, but the minute is to have separate kosher for Pesach, tablecloths and uh, dish towels and bibs for the children. Okay. Yes. And kashrit? Yes. No, that was that, that that's the problem. Because enamel that that the, the kashring that I described was putting the the, the foil on half that would not work for enamel.